You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast, an exclusive look at who's doing business right. He's your favorite brand correspondent with more tweets than the Bible's got Psalms. Here's your host, Vincenzo Landino. Welcome to the Brand Boost Podcast. This is Vincenzo Landino. What an episode! Uh, have in store for you today. We're talking to the DC United with Lindsay Simpson, the head of digital media. Uh, also joining us briefly, uh, Amir Zanozi from the analytics platform Zoomf and from Razor Social, Ian Cleary. This episode is kind of special to me because I love sports and I really wanted to bring in a cool team that was doing something out of the box and the DC United uh, play in the MLS uh, soccer league here in the United States. They are doing some really, really cool things with their brand and ways to get people into their stadium. For those of you listening to the podcast right now, this was recorded in a new app called blab.im and what that app allows us to do is have up to four users in a video chat and it allows a live audience to watch ask questions and interact and even jump in if the host allows them to so when we reference individuals that may be commenting or asking questions uh, now you know where they are coming from Uh, blab.im is an absolutely astounding tool it allows us to pull the audio directly from it as well and so that's what you'll be hearing from here on that note Enjoy the episode. And here we go. So welcome, Amir. Welcome, Lindsay. I am Vincenzo Landino. For those of you watching and listening, this is the Brand Boost Podcast. Joining me today is Amir Zanozi of Zoomf, an analytics and influencer platform, and Lindsay Simpson of the DC United, yes, the MLS soccer team. That's right. Oh, I guess MLS would technically mean soccer. So the Major League Soccer team. That's right. What's up, Lindsay? How are you? Doing well, thanks. It's nice to be here. I'm new to Blab, so I'm excited to try it out. Cool. I'm glad that I get to be the first person that you <laughs> jumped on Blab with. That is awesome. Uh, here. Vincenzo, how are you, buddy? Good, good. This is actually my first Blab, too. I've seen it. I've never been on it. So uh, together, Lindsay, we can do this together. <laughs> together, we can do great things. Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, absolutely. So listen, today we're going to be talking about uh, just really social and sports. And Amir, you work with influencers, but you also have the, you know, you're over there uh, at Zoom, so analytics platform. And then Lindsay, I am really curious to ask you some questions about how the DC United are rocking out on social because they do a really good job. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about you. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, Lindsay, what do you, tell us your title and what, like, what you do for the DC United. So I'm the director of digital media for DC United. I oversee communications, PR, media relations, and then all of our digital channels, website, um, video production, social media, you name it. Um, somebody in my department is probably handling it. So we are busy. Um, we travel with the team full time. We are always on the road. I personally travel with the team full time. Um, and usually with a couple of other folks, uh, just depending on where we're going and what we're covering and are we getting video? Are we getting, uh, you know, are we doing behind the scenes social? Are we taking over Snapchat? Um, so it really just depends on where we're going and what we're doing. Um, so it's busy. Taking over Snapchat. All right. I'm going to write that down because I'm going to ask you that in a second. 
Amir, my friend, we you know finally we get to talk about. I think we've been. It's been a couple months that we've been trying to get on the schedule to have this discussion. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about Zoomf and a little bit about your role at Zoomf. Absolutely, absolutely excited to be here. Finally, getting on here with you uh, on one of these things, Vincenzo. You're doing so many something, different on something, activities. right? Anywhere, yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Um, so Zoom, so we collect and rank social media content. Uh, we focus on influencers, and with that, we provide you analytics, and with we can also provide visualizations. So at sporting events, you might see like your tweet go to a game or your Instagram go to the big screen. Uh, Zoom some, does some of that pipe works uh, to allow teams like the DC United or you know many other different teams uh, how to get their content on there. And uh, for the team, I'm the chief strategy officer, so it just means big social media geek. So basically, you're just the social media guy mm-hmm. yeah. with a big title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tweet and you have a cool title. That's yes. really all it is. Yeah, a Snapchat here and there too. Nice. Well, I'm going to jump right in. And the two of you work together kind of often. Can I say often? Yes. Yeah, so we have been working with Zoom. We've been testing out um, just different aspects of their platform, trying to see um, how they can help us increase our efficiency, increase our engagement, um, really get our um, we're really working on targeting different um, segments within D.C.'s population to try and bring them in as fans. We're really working on um, outreach in different areas, really targeting different um different social groups, different groups of influencers trying to more or less overhaul DC United as an organization and our fans and really bring um, a lot of new excitement and new energy into our existing fan base. Um, And so Amir and his team have been really helpful with that. They've been helpful um, just brainstorming different strategies. Um, We're looking to revolutionize what we do as an organization and what MLS does across, um, across the board in terms of social media and really revolutionize the sponsorship aspect of digital media. You know, when we are tasked with selling something um, sponsor-driven, how can we change it so that we're not just throwing a logo up on a graphic and sending it out? How can we make it engaging? How can we make it exciting and shareable? And I want, you know, our strategy as an organization is that everything we create is giving our fans something, information, a funny video, a meme, a GIF, whatever it is, um, we're constantly giving to them. That is. <laughs> that was a long-winded I, I was, answer to your question. <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting that because I don't. You don't see it in sports. So let's face it. Um, a lot of sports teams don't do a great job of listening. They're not listening. I mean, uh, I once looked. I read an article and it was showing like how many of the sports teams follow you know, their fans. So like I was looking at the follower numbers and I think, and this is at the time, don't quote me on this now, but it was like the San Diego chargers were the, the best had the, like the lowest ratio or the highest ratio, whatever, no, the lowest ratio. So they followed a ton of their fans back. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, that was kind of the big metric, like, Oh, they're following to followers ratio was really high or was really low. And they were engaging with their fans. Now, you're, you know, with things like, uh, you know, are you familiar with Periscope, the live streaming, Lindsay? Yes, we Periscope all the time. Yeah, and, you know, like, okay, so I'm a, I'm a huge Pittsburgh fan, and for those of you watching this, you can see my terrible towels behind me. And the, the pirate, yeah, yeah, I see you shaking your head over there. <laughs> Remember, we're, I'm, I watch you live, so. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, right. The Pirates do a great. Uh, I'm sorry. The Penguins do a great job. They were going behind the scenes. They were going in locker room interviews. I mean, you had access to like Sidney Crosby. They, they were showing Chris Letang while he was getting ready for an award ceremony, and they had somebody in social. So I was like, to me, that was my first exposure to a sports team doing it right. And I'll be blatantly honest with you, I don't follow MLS soccer. You know, to like the large extent, like I do with NFL football. I'm a huge soccer fan. Um, and I've been picking up on MLS soccer lately. The DC United do a great job with engaging on Twitter. I haven't been able to see you guys doing much else on like the, the social, you know, like the platforms. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what kinds of things on Periscope or live streaming are you doing? Like, how are you using those? Are you engaging? Are you yeah. broadcast? Like, what is it? Tell us. So I'd like to say that we were the very first pro sports team to use Periscope. I obviously can't prove that but the first week periscope was launched we were live on periscope then you were the um, first that's it that's I, I'd like you're now it's on brand it's on brand i think it came out on a tuesday and we were we were live on it by friday dc united um, going up on a tuesday <laughs> so since i travel with the team every away game i host a periscope show and it starts about 30 minutes prior to kickoff And um, just like I would prepare for any other live broadcast, I have notes, I do research, sometimes I interview fans, and this entire pregame show is, is what I would do in the TV world where... You know, I walk around the stadium. I take them to a different part of the stadium. If if we have a lot of fans travel, I'll take them to the fan tailgate. I'll walk them through. You know, it just depends on where we're going and what we're doing and what I'm able to give them access to. Um, I'll go down to the field and I'll periscope warm-ups and I'll answer questions about the team. I'll talk about the weather. I'll talk about field conditions. I'll talk about any injuries, um, our starting lineup, who's playing, who's not. Um And so all of these things, and this is something we do every single away game. We tried doing the same thing at home games and our viewership was just really low. And I think a lot of the reason is because our fans are either at the stadium or getting ready to watch from home. And the interest isn't quite there the same way it is on the road. And it's nice that it's now something that's unique to us being away and us being on the road. Um, Other ways we've used Periscope, we'll do a live Q&A with our players. And we've done it quite a few times We'll sit our players down in a room and it's becoming so um, produced that it's almost like we're in a TV studio because we have multiple Periscope screens set up. I'll have fans tweet in questions ahead of time if they're not able to make it. And then live, the fans will type in questions. I host it along with one of our players so I can read the questions and moderate as they come in. Um, And so I have a screen set up to the side so that I can see the questions as they're coming in and Um, It's been a really neat way for our fans to go one-on-one with our players, ask them questions, go behind the scenes. Um, So those are just a few of the ways we use Periscope. Um, For every post-game interview on the road with our head coach, I Periscope. Um, We had a really tough loss on Sunday. We were really, we didn't play well. It was a bit of an embarrassing loss against our rival in New York. And we Periscoped it because we're trying to provide transparency as an organization And I try to run our department as if it were a newsroom. And do you still broadcast bad news? Yes, of course. So we periscoped it and our coach was not happy and it was a tough interview and it was a tough, um, it was a tough broadcast, but it's something our fans deserve to hear. And so we're trying to, we're trying to really increase the level of transparency that sports teams um, provide to their fans. So you played soccer at the University of Maryland? I did. Okay. Now, correct. Does that experience 
in knowing like, you know, obviously, you know, soccer, you know, you know, where to be, where to, do you, does that add to the experience? Like, let's say Amir was to be in the same position. Would it be nearly as engaging? Do you think anybody could do it? So if you could give tips to other teams doing this or, you know, again, in the MLS or anywhere, because I want to personally, as a fan, I want to see this in baseball. I want to see this in football. I want to see this in hockey. And I don't even really watch hockey or basketball as much as I watch soccer and football. But w- tell other teams, like, how does this happen? How do they set that up? You know, I think it's a resource issue more than anything. I think it's having a dedicated person that's going to be there every game doing this little show. You know, I'm not necessarily answering something that another person couldn't answer, but my background in TV journalism has helped me, obviously, with the production side of it um, and knowing how to host it and knowing how to fill content for 20 minutes when sometimes fans just don't have anything to say. Sunday was a great example of that because on Sunday, our fans were just quiet and we're standing there on the sidelines. It was loud. I was having a hard time speaking and it just got quiet. And so I ended the broadcast a little early because there wasn't as much engagement as usual. Um, some games we've seen as, as many as 900 live viewers. Wow. And they come from all over the world. And I always ask them to check in. Where are you watching from? Um, and they'll check in with UK and Israel and Italy and places all over the world. And it's fascinating. And it's a way that DC United little MLS team is able to start growing its brand recognition globally. And that's something that's um, one of our goals is to become a more globally recognized brand because right now in MLS, it's up for the taking. There's not a globally recognizable brand. LA Galaxy is the close to that thanks to their huge uh, marquee signings, but it's really up for grabs. And it's just, I think through, through careful strategy, anyone can take it at this point. And we're, we're trying to position, position ourselves to be the ones to step in line. And this is a great way that we're reaching a global audience. And and it's pretty cool because fans, you know, a lot of the questions are stupid. Um, You know, why should I watch MLS? MLS is not as good as EPL. And that's okay. You know, you're going to be trolls everywhere and I just move on. But fans ask real questions. Why is Fabian Espindolo not playing? You know, what happened to Bill Hamid last week? And, And it's a cool way for me as the team's host to engage with them and answer questions for them. And so back to your original question, because I'm rambling, no, um, no, I think it's something that it, <laughs> I think it's something that any brand, any team can provide because, you know, why would you be interested as a person in the audience? Why would you tune in? Well, for me, the reason why I would tune in is because it's insider access. It's field level view. You know, I'll try and walk behind the net if there's enough space and I'll, you know, and I'll do the broadcast from several different areas if we have time and space for it. Um, but I always try to provide interesting facts, interesting content, and I prepare for it the same way I would any other TV show I were to host. Um, and so I think when you go into it with that mindset of this is almost a TV production and it requires the same amount of energy and effort, anybody can do it and anybody can sound intelligent doing it. Vincenzo, if I, if, yeah. I'm sorry, I saw you oh, open your mouth, but I'm going to hop in right here. What she said was so important. I think you alluded to it, too, is she thinks like a fan. Like, she knows the soccer game. She knows of how course. it is, like, behind the net and stuff like that. And I think that's so important, thinking about the end user when you do these types of campaigns and how do you keep them excited? How do you get them, uh, ra- you know, rallying, hyped up? And one thing is, um, I, and I don't know if you noticed, Lindsay, on the D.C. local Snapchat, I'm always seeing D.C. United games. And, like, I'm always like, oh, I wish I was there because – 
you just <laughs> celebrating after games and it's this entire environment I mean, they they do fireworks and confetti it's like insane at dc united games it's like another experience and you can see it through snapchat in the dc local it's really mm-hmm. cool stuff and i'm actually proud because i snapped to the new york local all weekend hoping that at some point um we would make the new york city snapchat and we did and i was pretty proud of that so awesome. we are now trying to uh take over all the snapchats everywhere we go okay so let's talk okay, about all right so just for everyone listening on the podcast ian cleary has joined us as well so hello ian cleary, hey. hey everybody amir zanozi and Lindsay simpson hey Mary um, Lindsay. ian is in in ireland and ian is uh, big on uh, about uh, influencer marketing. So I, I called him in here. I want him to talk to because Zoom is an influencer platform. Ian is an influence marketer. And then Lindsay Simpson is actually a working with a brand. Or she works for a brand, um, you know, in, in the digital media. She's the, the head of the digital media uh, for the DC United. So this is going to all pull together, I promise. So if you're listening, this will come together. Uh, I want to go back to Lindsay for real quick with Snapchat. As a sports team, I think Snapchat personally is incredible. Besides like, you know, goals and and fan excitement, what other things do you do with Snapchat that other brands can mimic without needing a full production studio or full production strategy? So goals is a great, um, is a great place to start. Um, We had some technical limitations that prevented us from, organically and naturally pulling the goals from live broadcasts as they happen. And we wanted to post the goals live across our channels as soon as they happened. And we weren't able to do that. We weren't able to pull it from the TV broadcast. So I sent one of my kids down, one of my intern kids down with his phone and he was able to Snapchat it and he would download it and send it to me. Well, it works so well that we actually started positioning cameras behind our offensive goals for every half. And so now we have between two and four cameras behind our offensive goal for each half, home or road. Um, And the second we get the goals, everyone chimes in, we pull all the cards, run them to the production room, cut them, and we have them uploaded across our channels. This was a Band-Aid because we weren't able to do it the traditional way off of the newsfeed, but it provided such a unique first person perspective on these goals it was raw it was dirty the camera was shaky dirty in the sense that it was shaky and raw clean in the sense that there were no branded images from our broadcasts so it's interesting because we did it as a band-aid to fill a need and it was so um, popular that teams around the league are now doing the exact same thing and they actually have cameras set up they pull the goals they pull the footage and they edit and export it immediately across their channels. So that's wow. that's a great way of, you know, we were limited by our technology and we figured out a way around it. And now it's become something that we're seeing people mimic across the league. And now when I open my Snapchat on a Saturday night, which is the MLS big game night, yep. my yep. Snapchat, I'm sorry, not Snapchat, my Instagram feed is full of goal videos of of these raw first person perspective behind the net goal videos. And so it's really cool because again, we're the underdog in a lot of ways. You know, we we are a low budget um, organization. We don't have all the money of the bigger clubs, and we're still doing things and and innovating in this space within our limitations that allow 
that people are now copying. So that's a great example of something that morphed from Snapchat. Um, player takeovers are huge. Our rookies who are really big in social media are hilarious on Snapchat. They all live in this one house together. Um, and so they'll take it over when they go to special events or when we're on the train going to New York or whatever the case may be. And those have been hugely popular. We've dabbled in trying to do a daily or weekly show um, using the Snapchat platform to share facts, to share information. It didn't really go across the way we wanted, but we tried it and it didn't work and that's okay. We keep moving on to the next one. So uh, Snapchat's really neat. Um, we've been working on getting our Snapchat stamp design and it's taken a little longer than I would like, um, but we're getting a Snapchat design, stamp design so that that can go up for RFK Stadium and for DC United games. Very cool. So we're, we're constantly working on new ways to innovate in that space. I think Snapchat is cool. We're looking for ways to maybe try and sell tickets there. Um, you know, you can now collect money through Snapchat, which again is a little um, new. And so we're weighing the options if we want to try that. Um, we're trying to figure out ways that fans can snap us for contests. Um, one thing we've done for free, every home game, we do a free ticket giveaway and we've tried to do different ones around the city. And um, one thing we did was a Snapchat scavenger hunt. So we would snap clues about where we were going and then fans would have to come find us. And if they found us, they got free tickets. So um, that's another way that, again, we're trying to in innovate within that sphere. Okay, so I am going. We're going to talk a little bit to Amir for a second here with Zoom, and um, Zoom is Zoom is an absolutely amazing platform because you guys can take you know anything hashtag collated and throw it up on a board, right? And you can even pinpoint and geolocate those hashtags. So only during you know if Lindsay wants to see specifically what's coming out of RFK Stadium during the game, you can actually put a geofence around the stadium right as far yeah, as we actually, right we actually did this with the new york giants so yeah. they have these amazing like 40 foot pylons outside their screen or outside their stadium by the gates and we we're trying to find ways to get fans like inside the game faster uh people like the tailgate i do too but it takes a while you know and it slows things down for the for the whole fan interaction so we put a geofence over the stadium uh, so we knew fans were sharing content. We looked at influencers by ranking it through Z points with their platform. And then, so we knew they had big groups and then we would put their content on these giant screens and then send them a notification to let them know, Hey guys, check it out. You just made it on hashtag NYG tailgate. And what we're doing is we're using their content to draw them away to sort of change their user behavior, uh, to go to these screens and thus go into the stadiums earlier. But it's really important to know, uh, you know, where your fans are, how to talk to them, uh, one size fits all doesn't matter, uh, or it doesn't not matter, but it, it doesn't fit anymore in this marketing. It has to be targeted, and um, and that's something that helps. And Ian, you work with influencers, so here's my thing. Lindsay basically sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, but she sounds like what a brand would hire as an influencer, but she's being paid by the brand. Do you think that her job could be done by an influencer not replacing her, but to amplify what she's doing or maybe have more Lindsay's running around. How would you go about it? Not Emma. Don't worry about the MLS. I know you're, you don't know much about MLS. EPL MLS. What's all that? <laughs> it's soccer. <laughs> soccer. You know, the sport. Yeah. But how so, so would you, how would you go ahead? Thanks. What's, what's your role, Lindsay? So uh, you're, I'm, 
I'm the head of digital media for DC United. Okay, they're a football team, are they? Yes. Yes, MLS. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know a lot about football over here, but not the States. Who do you follow? So, uh, I follow Manchester United. Oh. Mm. Should we turn I'm off? Sorry. We turn the can we kick him out? <laughs> yeah, we can. I'm sorry. You can. You just kick in the X. So many apologies. <laughs> so, do you build relationships with influencers to, to um, you know, amplify your brand? So that's a great question, and it's something that is in within our strategy. It's not something that we've really started diving into. Um, you know, I'm new to the organization. I just started in March and my position began when I started. So we weren't even an official department when I started or, or until I started essentially. So influencers is a high priority on my list because we're in a very saturated town, sports town. We've got mm -hmm. five pro teams, which is more than most towns um, in the country, much less most towns our size. We're a small town. We don't have a lot of people. It's a very transient town. This town's on a four-year cycle where you're in and you're out with your congressman or representative or whomever that may be. So it's hard to find people that are lifers from this town. So yeah. influencers is a huge um, priority on my list, trying to find people who not only like soccer, but also like DC United and would want to help us, you know, grow our brand and, and weigh in on our brand and the fans that are already in our brand that we can use to continue promoting who we are and what we're doing and, and why in this crowded sports space you should go to a soccer game on a Saturday night. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah, I just see a great opportunity with a mirrors tool or similar tool in terms of identifying them influencers. I think one of the biggest problems now is that there are so many channels and it's okay for the bigger organizations to build followings across 50 different channels. But a smaller organization, it's difficult. So you need to, you know, identify influential people, build relationships with them, and use them to get your message out to the audience. Um, I think, uh, I mean, what Vincenzo was saying, the, the geofencing is super cool functionality, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, and I love I love I'm so so here it is. I love the Zoom tool. I use the Zoom tool. Uh, for Thank those you. of you, <laughs> for those listening, I will drop in the show notes uh, a special code uh, code Enzo uh, for a fifteen percent discount on your Zoom services. Um, but Zoom is an amazing tool. And again, what I like, and Lindsay is using the tool in her uh, it, with DC United. You can identify influencers, and Ian. I want to hear your thoughts on this. You can identify influencers, not generically. So there are tools out there that will remain nameless. They give a generic score to any, any user on social. So I have a score of 79 on that particular tool. But what does that mean? Because I'm not an influencer when it comes to, you know, Instagram. I may be an influencer when it comes to live streaming because I'm, that's what I focus on. I may be an influencer when it comes to podcasting or Twitter, but I'm not a, I'm definitely not an influencer in, you know, writing a book and because that one number. So zoom will actually take my influence on one specific topic and give assign a score. How was that useful? I, I mean, I guess I kind of answered it, but I'd like to hear from you. Is that more useful or do you think that there can be an overall score for anybody. Like just because Gary Vaynerchuk is influential in all of social media, it doesn't necessarily mean he knows a lot about MLS soccer, right? 
No, I agree. And I mean, I used to hate all this clout scores and things, you know, where you get like a, a rating of 80, you know, and that's just really a lot of that's really your level of interaction across platforms and the level of, you know, the amount of times people are retweeting and sharing your content. It was heavily Twitter based. I do think doing an analysis of your content, figuring out the topics that you are talking about and then influence scores related to that topics is more interesting. So you, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to have a million followers to be really influential because it may be somebody with a smaller number of followers that is, you know, their topic is really focused on exactly what you're interested in and they're getting a lot of engagement based on that topic, you know, so somebody may talk about MSL, is it? No, money MLS. MLS. <laughs> MLS. Can we get rid of him? <laughs> we <So> can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I have a special button here that you, when you click it, nothing happens. No, money MLS. <laughs> if, uh, if somebody is, you know, talking about MLS and nobody's engaging or interacting with that, well, that's no good either. So they could have a million followers and nothing happen. Or... You know, if Gary Vaynerchuk starts talking about it, maybe that's not a relevant audience. They're interacting with it, but not a relevant audience. So I do think you need to go more in depth into topic analysis uh, to see what are, what areas are they influential in. Lindsay, Amir, you might jump in there as well. What do you think? I was going. Let me ask a question, Lindsay. Here first. Yeah. What does influence look like to you? Because it sounds like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like DC United is using social to essentially, ex you know, expand the awareness of that, you know, a brand. But my question is, what does, you know, what is, the, what is an influencer? Like if DC United was to hire an influencer, what does that look like? You know what, as a sports team, how, what does that look like? So for us specifically, um, we did a lot of soul searching into the DC fan base who are they what do they look like what do they do for a living where are they from and because of the transient nature of this city because of the overwhelming amount of hill staffers and interns um that the age the average age of the fan in dc there's a dichotomy there's the 50 year olds who have been diehard redskins fans since they were six years old and then there's the 25-year-olds who are here for a limited amount of time who are from Boise, Idaho, and who are just looking to get involved in something and have something to latch on to. And we have, surprisingly, a good number of this, this fan over here, the fan that has been in the area from Maryland, Virginia, sometimes D.C., you know, has been a lifer with us since 1996, since the team was founded. Um, and, and so we're trying to figure out how do we latch on to the 25-year-old Hill staffer who's here for four years? You know, how do we get him in? How do we make this engaging, exciting? We have the lowest price point for tickets of any pro team in the city. I mean, we can rival college teams to an extent, especially if you look at, you know, comparing football and basketball. Um, and so it's an experience. So I'm really trying to create this experiential um, campaign. We're calling it unofficially this FOMO campaign, this fear of missing out. Why should you be at RFK on a Saturday night? The building's falling apart. It's old. We get it. We know it's not sexy. We're building a new stadium. But why do you need to be here right now? Why do you come? What are you missing out on? So that's what our entire campaign is centered around this year. It's fan experience. It's getting to know the players. One of our goalkeepers 
brews beer in his kitchen. You know, these wow, guys don't make so a ton cool. of money. You know, they're all going to have to get jobs when they get done playing. So how can we create this sense of intimacy with them that's unique to soccer in this country? Because you can't have that with a Pirlo or a Davi Villa or a Gerard. But you can have that with Andrew Dykstra, the home beer maker. So that's what we're trying to create. That's what we're trying to emphasize. And so having, you know, these millennial influencers who go to the Georgetown parties and go to the rooftop parties in the yard and all of these things that 25-year-olds in D.C. do, how do we get them to haul themselves over to Capitol Hill and go to a game for two hours on a Saturday? And and it's... Um, we're seeing a huge increase in numbers. There's going to be a big announcement in the next week and a half of an initiative that we're creating to start driving some of this interest and some of this engagement. Um, but it's been a really significant challenge because this town has massive ADHD. Um, and, and, it's, and so back to your question, Ian, again, I rambled. Um, having these influencers who can help drive the masses down to RFK and who can help you know, create this environment of, you know, this is really fun and you're missing out when you're not here. Every time we score a goal, our fans have a beer shower and they all throw their beer up in the air. That's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of gross, but it's kind of cool. It's unique to us. There's fireworks, there's confetti, there's drums, there's chanting, you know, sports in this country, especially soccer has created this niche fan culture that is unlike any sport anywhere else in the world. Um, it's different than EPL games. It's different than La Liga games. It's different than NFL. And it's something that is easy to drink the Kool-Aid and become obsessed with. And so that's what we're trying to show our fans is that this is really kind of cool. Uh, so do you ever do the beer shower thing? <laughs> I usually have to go on camera immediately following the game. So I stay I away think, from beer showers. Okay, <laughs> next tip. Next tip for your next game. You totally need to throw beer on yourself or take a <laughs> beer shower with the fans on live stream because that would be cool. Okay, I can add, I can add it to the list. Maybe the last game of the year. Oh, the list. I got lifted. I got lifted. But in that regard, we're talking about doing a version of drunk history where we do drunk fans and we do a drunk highlight read after every home game with our drunk fans in our studio, you know, just different things like that, that we can use to reach this audience. I think that's so cool because there's a lot of brands that stray away from things like that. Like, Ooh, we can't go near that. Like, Ooh, drunk. But I mean, it's part of soccer, right? I mean, I guess that is all I mean, of soccer. It's part of sports. <laughs> yeah, it general. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, the fan and you own it camaraderie. Right. Yeah, exactly. I and we know, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I'm really big on us owning things. We know that our stadium is falling apart. Who cares? We're owning it. You know, we know that everyone makes raccoon jokes about us. Who cares? We're owning it. You know, we look a little less stiff if we just own this stuff and we make fun of ourselves for it. Someone created, um, so RFK is falling down. We all know. And there's a lot of jokes that we are the raccoons and all these raccoon jokes about RFK. So someone went and created um, nature ranger pins that have a raccoon with like a ranger hat on it and says RFK Stadium, Nature Ranger Society or something like that. That's awesome. And it's funny. And we want to make it into T-shirts and, you know, just own it. <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. So here's a tough question, I guess. And how do you make money from this stuff? Because, uh, you know, 
here it is, DC United. Again, like you said, it's a smaller team, maybe not as much money as the other clubs. Mm-hmm. By the way, Andrea Pirlo is my favorite soccer player of all time, just so you know. I'm Italian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cut me some slack. <laughs> He'll um, what? He'll be here in a couple of weeks, so I know. If you're I in the area, wait. come on down. I can't wait. Do I get do I get tickets to a DC United game? Maybe. Ooh. Discount. Okay. If you help me grow my fan base. <laughs> I will take the beer shower live on per- Periscope. Fine. Okay. All right, we have it. to score, but <laughs> oh, we can do that. Okay, so here's a question. How do you make, and this is a question for everybody. Not, I'm not going to p- just pinpoint Lindsay here, but we'll start with Lindsay, and then we'll go to Ian and, and Amir. How do you make money from this stuff? And I say this stuff because it sounds fun and cool. And, you know, everyone's like, wow, that's awesome. I would love to see my sports team do that. But other than maybe feeling closer to the brand, how do you actually get people to come into the door at that point? And how do you get them to purchase memorabilia, you know, product, hat, whatever it may be? Like, how do you convert this stuff? It's a good question. Um, and the two ways we make money are through gear sales um, in the team store, like in the physical location team store, and then um, through sponsorship. So, yes, getting people in the door and getting their butts in seats, that's hugely important. And I'm not discounting that, but that's the obvious revenue generator. So aside from that, it's the gear. It's why am I going to go spend $150 to put Andrew Dykstra's name on the back of a jersey? Well, I love beer. Andrew Dykstra, our goalkeeper, our beer brewer, he will go and go to beer tastings with fans. He has had fans smuggle beer into him um, so that, you know, beer that they grew, or sorry, not grew, beer that they brewed, thank you, other word, um, they've snuck it into the stadium and someone has put it in his locker, you know, and that's a unique relationship because that doesn't happen with the Sidney Crosby's of the world. That doesn't happen with the RG threes of the world, as much as maybe the guys would like it to, there's so many layers to get through, to get to them. And that's, what's unique about us. So convincing a fan to buy a Jersey with the guy's name on the back is number one. Number two is through sponsorship. Why are we as an organization valuable? Why are we more valuable than the caps or the wizards or the Nats? Some may argue that we're not, but we're trying to show our, our, sponsors that we are worth investing in. Um, We're building a new stadium. So we're trying to get someone, you know, we're trying to find our naming partners. We're trying to, you know, MLS and and soccer as a whole is becoming like NASCAR, where if there's a free space, you know, there's somebody's brand going there. And so what is it worth and why is it valuable? And so social is a huge way to, to prove that to a sponsor. It's a huge way to say, here's the impressions, here's the engagement Here's what we're doing. We tweeted a really stupid gif of Obama during a U.S. men's national team game, and it got 400 retweets, which for us is huge. Um, You know, it's so stuff like that that drives our engagement. So we're finding ways. um, Bryce Harper was in the All-Star game. And so we found a picture of baby Bryce Harper in a soccer uniform and um, did a split screen image of it, him currently and him in his soccer uniform and said, good luck. If it doesn't work out, you know, we have open tryouts or something like that. That got 500 retweets. So we're trying to be relevant in our culture. Sometimes it has nothing to do with us and that's getting people to follow us. I think we picked up 45 followers from that tweet alone, which for us is significant. Um, That's a huge gain on just one tweet. And that's just from the Twitter analytics that followed us from within that tweet. 
So that's ways that we are actually making money out of this. Um, we have talked to sponsors about selling our Periscope Q&A. We have talked to sponsors about selling our pregame Periscope. Um, we're working with one sponsor on creating a king of the match idea where we actually create, build a throne on the corner of the field and two fans who complete this contest and are selected through this um, brand are named king of the match and it's over the top and it's cheesy and they get a crown and a cape and or a robe and they're going to sit there in this throne really obviously and awkwardly on the side of the field. But again, it's creating this experience that is DC United and that is unique to us. And so that's what, that's how we make money out of it. Awesome. I mean, it's just, it sounds great. And I love, you know, I love that there's teams that are actually trying to give, because let's face it, when you really break it down, I mean, I'm a rabid, rabid Steelers fan. But at the end of the day, when like they lose or they don't make the Super Bowl or they don't win, I'm kind of like, you know what? Because I'll get upset, you know, as any rabid fan would. But then you're, you think to yourself, and you're just like, well, what have they done for me? But that's so cool that DC United is actually doing stuff for the fans and making it so interactive. So that's really awesome. Question to, goes to you now, Ian. Um, how does this stuff, well, influencer campaign, social, make money? Yeah, I just agree with everything Lindsay says. Great. <laughs> no, I suppose, but the thing about, well, I was thinking about, you know, well, you're building a relationship with influencers. The reason you're building relationships with them is you want them to influence an audience. So if they've got a relevant audience you want to target, surely that's going to help. Uh, one thing is influencers like hanging out with other influencers. So being able to group these influencers together and get them going to matches they're going to start sharing out content and start promoting what they're doing. So is there some way of getting groups of these influencers, even if it's getting them in for free to try and encourage them to promote the message that this is a good place to go? And that could help. And I'm sure Amir will have some feedback on that. Um, from the sponsorship point of view, I suppose the other side from the sponsor, the sponsors, a lot of the sponsors, bigger brands may not have great influencer marketing pl platforms or tools and stuff and so if you're able to position yourself as you have the relationships with these influencers then you know that's who they want to get access to as well so hopefully sponsorship will come in the other side is you know the likes of jersey sales and all that sort of stuff that's for the individual players to get them to promote themselves and Lindsay you mentioned you're doing this already in getting them to create their personal brand and building their following. So it's providing them guidelines for, you know, what they should be sharing, you know, encourage them to sharing on a regular basis, uh, make sure that they, they have the relevant knowledge in place to do whatever, or some team is there backing them up, posting content on their behalf, uh, you know, to get the jersey sales to create them personal brands. Mm -hmm. Amir, how do we make money with you know what how do we identify where the influencers are don't tell me using zoom because i know so how do we identify and make money with this stuff again social live sure. streaming you know because there's a lot of people they're like oh live streaming that's so you know who needs to do that obviously Lindsay, if you ask Lindsay that question we already did it's important it's super important for a sports franchise no matter how big. And I love the fact that we're talking to a small franchise because mm -hmm. here's one that doesn't have a lot of money. 
And it's going to show that you don't need a lot of money to do these things. But how does that make them money? Near. Yeah, so when it comes to influencers, um, we look at them as generals, and they all have their own armies. So when, and I would argue, Vincenzo, that you're an influencer on, definitely on Blab, on Meerkat, on Periscope, and live streaming. And you're giving us access to your audience right now. So we're talking to them. We're engaging with them. They're engaging back to us. We're all connecting. And, and what's important is when you want to spread a message uh, and you want to move fast and you want to scale, you're going to have to go through influencers. If, if you want to make change in the U.S., right, who are you going to go to? You're going to go to Obama right now. You're going to go down to the White House and ask him to change something. I know it doesn't really work that way. But uh, and, and that's the way it is. So what we do is we identify the influencers so that, uh, you know, based on your brand, based on the topic, oh, oh uh, buy-in, uh, and then, oh, oh, Vincenzo left. <laughs> Vincenzo didn't like what you said. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I just needed to refresh real quick. Oh, no worries. No worries. <laughs> um, and then, so, and what Ian's saying is based on the topic, like an influencer, like Gary Vaynerchuk might be an influencer for the New York Jets. Uh, unfortunately, they're not doing so well. But, um, but then, uh, but, you know, we have different influencers for DC. I mean, uh, you know, there's different things that are focused on DC. Like you meant, like Lindsay was mentioning Georgetown uh, students, Cap Capitol Hill staffers, uh, Andrew and his uh, home brewing is an influencer. Like Ian was saying, it's like, how do you, how do you take uh, someone who has an active audience, connect them to your message and just connect people who are passionate about those same topics. So we make money by connecting, uh, by helping brands, find these influencers and helping them scale and send their message across larger audiences. Last question that I want to ask Lindsay, because I have her here. So I might as well ask, <laughs> how could you see using a tool like blab that you're on right now? This is your first time. And for the mm -hmm. audience listening on the podcast, blab.im is the tool we're talking about it is a collaborative uh, streaming platform that allows for audience engagement as well as, uh, you know, sharing to Twitter as well. So, Lindsay, how could you use this? Considering you're already doing a show on Periscope pregame, how do you think you can use this to engage your audience better, which it sounds like there's an opportunity for? Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, the whole time we've been on this blab. Um, you know, I think one way that we can use this is for fans you know we get our guys in a room we get them going back and forth our guys are actually pretty entertaining um they're pretty funny and getting them all in a room together or getting a few of them on the, on the line at a time they can do it from home they can do it from the locker room wherever they are um and have fans actually engage with them send them questions similar to periscope where you know they can type in questions um we can help moderate just to make sure there's no awkward silences and pauses um but I think something like that would be hugely interesting. I think getting our coaching staff or our GM on here and doing a Q&A with fans where they ask him questions. You know, what is our strategy going into playoffs? What is our strategy going into the transfer window? You know, who are we looking to pick up in the offseason? Um, there's all kinds of things that I think we can be doing using a tool like this to continue putting our fans in front of the, excuse me, putting our team and our athletes in front of the fans and bridging that gap between celebrity and fan and, and giving them better access. Yeah, that's amazing. Honestly, Lindsay, I'm glad as a guest or as the host, I'm glad I had a guest that did a lot of talking because that's awesome. <laughs> 
sorry. Just the, no, really. It <laughs> I, is, I'm used to hosting Periscopes by myself. I just blab. <laughs> it's amazing to have the three of you on. I'm going to uh, I'm going to end the show, and then we'll stay on live. So don't go anywhere. Just hang tight. I'm going to close off uh, the show itself. But uh, this is the Brand Boost Podcast. Uh, Lindsay Simpson from the DC United, Amir Zanozi from Zoom, and Ian Cleary. Uh, influencer, marketer extraordinaire. Thank you guys for joining me today on the Brand Boost Podcast. It was amazing hearing your insights, Lindsay, especially yours about how sports teams really can utilize these great platforms uh, for for you know amplifying their brand message. Wow, that was some absolutely incredible insight from Lindsay on what DC United is doing to really up their game. They're taking resources that they have and they're utilizing social, they're utilizing different events. One event that wasn't mentioned in this uh, interview was the Tinder partnership that uh, the DC United is hosting on October 2nd, where they're actually partnering with the app to have a singles night, increase the amount of 20-somethings coming into the game. Uh, really, just really, really cool stuff. I'll drop the links in the show notes for that. So you can check that out. Our fun feature on this podcast is learning the Italian word of the episode today. It's going to be the word bevo, which means to drink. Actually the word bevere means to drink, but we're going to conjugate it so that I can put it in a sentence for you. Uh, and if you listen to last episode, which was episode zero, we learned the word vino, which means wine. Let's get those two words put together. And we have bevo il vino. I drink the wine. As always, if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave us some feedback. Give us a review. Brandboostcast.com slash iTunes. Or just click the artwork on your phone and click on the link in the show notes. As always, a big shout out to my producer, Cody Stevenson, at the Cody Vision on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Ciao. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to BrandBoostCast.com forward slash subscribe. 